The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Oh, it's wonderful to see this group that we have this evening for our candlelight service. Uh, it's really hard to believe it. Now it's been another year that's gone by, and here we are once again to read the Christmas story. And I don't know how many of you have a Bible tonight. I don't know how many of you could even see a Bible if you had one. When we printed these programs, uh, it was in the daylight, and I could actually read what was on here, but it's a little bit hard. I know it, it has to be for you. So if you don't have a Bible, that's all right. Uh, I'm going to read the scriptures and then you can go home tonight and read them over to make sure that I read everything right. So if you have a Bible and you can see it, and or if you have a cell phone or a tablet with a Bible app, I'd like you to turn or tap to uh, the book of Luke, chapters 1 and 2. And I'm going to read a rather lengthy portion of Scripture here. And um, I want you to pay particular attention to the names in this story. And I'm not particularly talking about the names of the characters, but names that are given to the Lord Jesus as we go through. And this is what I want to talk to you about this evening. Uh, we're going to come to one of his names that you're very familiar with. This will be in the 31st verse of chapter 1. That is the name Jesus. All of us know the name Jesus. But there are tucked away in the verses of these scriptures some other names that were given to him. And so when we're finished with the reading, we're going to back up just a little bit and look at some of those names by which our Lord is called. So I said we have a rather lengthy portion of scripture. We're going to read uh, the beginning of the Christmas story. We include in here the birth of John the Baptist. If you didn't know, that's also part of the whole story that takes place. So beginning in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26... The scripture says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women." And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David." And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth... She also, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah 
and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hoped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy." As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all them that dwelt about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us, in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. 
and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple... And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. 
And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And that concludes the reading of God's word of the Christmas story. I'd like for us just to back up for a moment to look at these scriptures and just see some of the great descriptive names that are given to the Lord. Now, there is that name that I mentioned a moment ago and we just sang about, and that is the name Jesus. In verses 30 and 31, the scripture says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That was the angel Gabriel that spoke to Mary. He told her that God had chosen the name for her baby. He saved Mary a lot of time thumbing through baby books, trying to find uh, the name, the most popular name of the time. And the angel said to her, this is going to be his name. This is the name that God has appointed for him. He shall be called Jesus or Iesus. His name is to be called Jesus. And that name was God's choice. But it really wasn't a very unusual name. We might think that what God would do is to give his own son a, a, different, a name that's different from any other name. His name is actually the same as Joshua that we find in the Old Testament, which means Savior or means Jehovah saves. And that name is certainly descriptive of him because that's the work that he came to do. Uh, the angel had already spoken to Joseph prior to what we've read here. And in Matthew one twenty one, the angel said to Joseph, His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. God likes descriptive names. And there's not a better name given for the purpose that Christ came into the world. Joshua was a great hero in Israel. But it was Jesus that, that took that name and actually set it apart from all the others. It was Jesus Christ who elevated that name. Now, if we use the name Joshua today, you, you can probably name ten people or more that you know that are named Joshua. And so you might say, well, what Joshua are you talking about? But if I say the name Jesus, there's no identity crisis. You and just about everybody on the planet that's civilized knows who it is when you say the name of Jesus. And so as soon as you mention his name, there are thoughts that come to us uh, like this of stars and mangers and angels and apostles and the cross. All of that comes into view when we say the name Jesus. Jesus means Savior. And whether you believe in him or not as the Savior, you are aware of this that that's what he came into the world to do. So Jesus, that, that's the most common name by which we recognize him. But we find that there are others that are given to him in this text. In fact, the next one comes in the very next verse, in verse number 32. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And that's a name that identifies him as God. It's actually a name that states his co-equality with the Father. By nature, he is the son of the highest. He's not a son of creation, not a son like angels or men. He's not a created being. 
And neither Joseph or Mary or any of the Jews ever would have thought that this term would be used in that way. They weren't confused about this at all, that Jesus was not a son of procreation, but they understood that under discussion here, in that name is the very nature of God, that God creates, God does not procreate. It's a theocratic name. It's a name that names him as royalty and speaks of him as a king. And that name is followed by the angel's pronouncement. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Then says in verse 33, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. If you speak of a kingdom and a king that doesn't have any end, then you know you have to be speaking about God. And so he was the Lord Christ. He was born in a manger, but he was the son of the highest. And he would become the world's greatest king, and the whole world comes under his dominion. Then next in verse number 35, there's a name that's a little bit more familiar to us. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He shall be called the Son of God. And that's a name that describes him as God incarnate. That he's God that was manifest in human flesh. And again, the Jews understood that this referred to his nature and not actually to physical birth. He claimed to be God in the flesh. And that actually was a prospect that was terribly disturbing to the Jews of his time. If he claimed it, and he was, then they didn't have any choice but to bow down to him and receive him and to reverence him. But they weren't yet ready to give up self for him, and so they rejected him. And today, I think it would be passing strange that millions of people sing songs about Jesus at Christmas. They attend pageants. They, they believe and say that, or at least they say they believe that he was God incarnate. But few actually realize that if it's truly, if he truly was who he said that he was and who they say they believe that he is, then they must listen and obey him. But in practice, they actually reject him. And that's because the rest of the year, most people act as if Jesus doesn't exist. Well, then we go on to verses 68 and 69. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And so there he is referred to, actually, Zacharias said this, the father of John the Baptist said, he's the horn of salvation. In Scripture, horns stand for power. Psalm 18, verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Every word that surrounds horn of salvation is a word that speaks of power. Rock, fortress, deliverer, strength, buckler, high tower. All of that lends weight to that statement He's the horn of salvation. This is what the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus is the power of salvation. And in fact, he's the only power of salvation. He's the only one that has the ability to save his people from their sins. 
And then there's verse number 78, in which he is called the day spring from on high. He's a shining light. He's the hope of sinners. It's spoken in Malachi 4, 4 and verse number 2. There it says, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness, that's son, S-U-N, son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. That tells us that Jesus is the hope of the morning. At his birth, it was already being prophesied that he would rise from the dead. The Holy Spirit said there is going to be a resurrection. And Jesus is the hope of our resurrection. He's the promise that when we close our eyes in death, that we're going to wake up in the glories of heaven and see him face to face. Day spring from on high. That's just a uniquely beautiful way of describing Jesus. What a beautiful name for him. Well, moving on then into the second chapter in verse number 11, the Scripture says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord is his name of authority, that he is the Lord of all the creation, both animate and inanimate. He is God, he is Lord of angels, elect and fallen. He's the Lord of men, elect and evil. All have to bow before him. In Philippians, it tells us there that all things in heaven and all things in earth and all things under the earth will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So heaven, earth, everything under the earth, that's all encompassing. Everything and everyone is subject to him. And then in verse 25, we read, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. He is the consolation of Israel. And that's a very interesting name. He is the consoler of Israel. In the Greek language, the word there for consolation is the word paraklesis. And it's the same word that's often referred to in speaking of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've already seen in the other names that he's co-substantial with the Father. And now we find in this passage there's a word for the Holy Spirit that's been applied to him. And that tells us that he is in the Trinity. That he's in the Godhead, the Holy Trinity. And that's consistent with what Colossians says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's the comforter of his people. When Christ came... It had been 400 years since God had spoken. Hope of the Messiah had dwindled, but he came to restore hope. He came with healing in his wings, as Malachi wrote, and he certainly did live up to that prophecy because his whole life was one that was filled with with compassion. Before he was through with his ministry, there was hardly a family in Israel that had not been touched in some way by his generosity. He comforted them in their illnesses. But more importantly, he comforted them and calmed their fears when they were afraid that they were never going to realize the covenant that God had made with Abraham. If you were listening, or maybe you didn't pick up on it, but as Zacharias was speaking of him in that first chapter and giving a prophecy about him, he talked about how hope for Israel had returned, that this is the one that was going to guarantee that that covenant with Abraham would truly come to pass. Well, finally, there's one other name that I want to give you, and that's in verse number 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory 
of thy people Israel. He is the glory of Israel. Now, there isn't much to be said in commendation of Israel. There really isn't much glory to be found in Israel. If you look at the Old Testament, you find them as a stiff-necked and rebellious people. In the Old Testament, they are referred to in terrible terms. They're referred to as the adulterous wife that played the harlot with many false gods. In the New Testament, they're the ones who crucified Christ. Peter said at Pentecost, it was you that took him and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Stephen said they were the betrayers and murderers of Christ. There isn't much good to say about Israel. So where's the glory? What was he talking about? What did Simeon mean when he said he's the glory of Israel? Well, listen to how Paul put it. In Romans chapter 9, he said, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, who are the fathers and of whom concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. And there we find the glory of Israel. They are the parent of Christ. It's from Israel that Christ came. There is no other nation that can call Jesus Christ a native son. And the whole world is blessed because of Israel. And one day, all the world is going to recognize that blessing. And they're going to lift Israel up. Why did God preserve Israel? Um, why does he still preserve them? Well, it's not for anything they did or they will do. They're preserved because glory came from them. They're preserved because this is the nation that will rise, that brought forth the Christ child. This is the nation that's going to be prominently favored in the great millennial kingdom. It's through Israel that the entire world has received wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It comes... Because of her son, Jesus Christ. She is in Revelation 12, if you have time to read that chapter. In Revelation chapter 12, she is the woman that brought forth the man-child. The one who will rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus. That's that little baby, born of a Galilean virgin, Israel was brought glory because of Jesus Christ. What a glorious night that was in Bethlehem. The glory of God shone all around through the night. Heaven was opened up. The angels gave praises. There was glad tidings of great joy. A Savior, they said, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. What beautiful names are given to him? He's called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But we know him most intimately in our familiarity with him as Jesus. And that's a beautiful name. It's a wonderful name. As our song said, that matchless name is Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are our Father. And you are because of the relationship that we have with you through Jesus Christ. It's through our faith in him that we have been made sons of God. 
Lord, we thank you so much again for the great gift that you've given us. What beautiful names are spoken about him. The highest of all, God of glory, Jesus Christ, the day spring from on high, many, many names, Counselor, Almighty God, many names that are given to him. But we like that name, Jesus. We like to call him Jesus. He is the Savior. I pray, Lord, that you'd open someone's heart tonight to understand who Jesus really is, to look beyond the manger and see the man who hung on a cross dying for our sins. Lord, I pray that you'd move someone's heart tonight to have faith in him. We just give you thanks, Lord, for this wonderful season of Christmas and for everyone who's come tonight. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.